you need a Bible, we've got some Bibles in the back. You, you just forgot your Bible today, you can borrow one. Or if you don't have a Bible, it's our gift to you. Love for you to be able to just open up God's Word with us today. Um, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4, if you just want to start um, finding that now. Um, so we are in the, the last part of our series on faithfulness. And so we've been looking at God's faithfulness. Now, if, if you're a Christian and someone walked up to you, a friend of yours, a neighbor, a co-worker, whatever, somebody at school, walked up to you and asked if, if you had faith, you'd probably say, yeah, I've got faith. And maybe you would even answer it just kind of without even thinking about it, which might be a little bit dangerous. Because I think sometimes we say things, we just kind of react, and we're like, well, I gotta, I'm supposed to say this because I'm a Christian or go to church or whatever. You know, but how often do we, do we really reflect on what is faith, on what it really means? You, know, you might say that you have faith, and we might sing that we have faith, right? But do you really have faith? So when you arrive this morning, you should have received a, a note card and a pencil. If you're joining us online, grab a piece of paper, or a pen, or a pencil. I heard that the ushers were saying there was a pop quiz today. So, so what, what if I asked you right now to write down your definition of faith? Don't do it. Don't write anything down. Like, what would you write? Would you think about it and be like, well, you know, and just kind of talk and kind of write and just like... And then you read it and you're like, I don't th actually think I wrote anything down. What's your definition of faith? You know, and you, you hear me talk about it all the time, like, we, we want to create, you know, just we want to form a, a biblical worldview in the people who call Charter Church their home. And we, we want to process things through the Bible, through God's word. Right? That, so, like, if, if somebody in your circle of influence, somebody that, that knows you, you know, maybe just, maybe just met you, and they found out you, you went to church. And, and they asked you, like, hey, what's, what's your definition? Like, I want us to have a clear answer. I, I, I want us to answer through a biblical worldview that, that my, my hope, my prayer would be, you know what? Actually, Hebrews 11.1 1 describes what faith is. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, and, and look, when, when, I, when I say I want you to be able to answer something like that, I mean, I don't want it simply to be like, hey, I've, I've, met, you know, I've just kind of memorized Scripture, which is a good, good thing. But sometimes we will memorize something, but it won't actually have any meaning to us. It doesn't have any impact on us. So I, I want you to know it, but I also want it to be true for you. And so in order for us to, to kind of talk about faith and, and God's faithfulness today, we're going to look at a, a woman, a, a widow in the Old Testament. And I think she can teach us a, a great deal of just the, the practicality of, of this verse, of having the confidence of, of what we hope for, that we can actually have assurance about something right now we can't see. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them, 2 Kings chapter 4. And if you're using the Bibles in the back, it's, it's page 251. Another great reason for you to use a Bible in the back. I'll give you the page number every week. Right? All right, so we're looking at the first seven verses um, of this section, and uh, then we'll, we'll talk about it. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. 
Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. And so here there is this, here's this widow, right? And, and she owed a, a huge debt. And now, now I could talk about, you know, I could explain kind of the, the cultural reality of the time, right? And how they treat, you know, how difficult it would have been for a woman who was a, a widow, right? And she just, you know, living without a husband, but we could talk about the creditor, right? And so, so he was a Jew probably, but, but he was not operating out of, out of God's commands and how he as a creditor should have treated a, a widow, right? He was treating her just hard-hearted, kind of tight-fisted. But really, I think at the heart of this story is, is a person, right, who, who has a debt to pay, but in her mind, she doesn't think she has anything to give. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever gotten to the place in your life where you're just like, hey, I, I, I want to give, I, I want to be able to, to you know, contribute in, in whatever way, but you're just like, whatever tank you're drawing from, it's, it's empty. You know, like I shared with you this summer, I was, I was hiking this mountain range up in New England, and I got dehydrated, and I just, like, I was ready to give up. I, I had nothing physically left in the tank. Or, or how about Emotionally. You know, have you ever been in a situation where something or maybe someone is just, just draining your emotional bank account and you just feel like you're, you have nothing left to give? Or, or maybe it's actually your, your, your actual bank account. Maybe you've been in the same position as this widow and, and you owe a, a financial debt and you're just like, I just, I can't pay it. So I think in one way or another, all of us at some point in our lives, whether it's physical, emotional, financially, relationally, like we, we can relate to this woman who just felt like she had nothing to give. And I think, personally, I, I think she did a really wise thing. And maybe it was in desperation, but for whatever reason, she reached out for help. And the, and the first person she reached out to was this prophet of God named Elisha. And so the widow, this widow goes to Elisha and and she begs for help. And he said back to her in verse 2, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. And, and do you remember her response? She said later in that verse, your servant has nothing there at all. Now, now, so, so think about this woman and who she was. Think about what she has gone through. Right, so, so her husband has died. And, and, and so for whatever reason, he entered into a significant debt that he couldn't pay while he was living. And now, this woman has absolutely no means to be able to pay off this debt. And, and so at the time, and the way that they paid off debt was they would take your family members, your kids, and enslave them. And so that's the situation she's in. 
So I think this, you know, this woman, she's got every reason in the world to feel anxious. She, she's, she's got worrying about what tomorrow is going to bring. She's probably writing stories in her head. She's got sleepless nights. I just wonder how many times she, maybe she looked herself in the mirror and she's just like, what, I've got nothing. What am I going to do? I, I'm lost. I, I'm hopeless. I just, what is going to happen to me? What is going to happen to my family? I have nothing. And that's what she told Elisha nothing. Well, not nothing. The verse continues. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Except. There are sometimes, there are words that are in the Bible that have such meaning and have such weight that like, they're just, they're, they bring such power to a story like this. Nothing except. And to me, that's not Nothing. That's something, and God can work with that. So it goes on in verse 3. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. And to me, in this, this whole situation, everything she's going with, everything she's wrestling with internally, now all of a sudden a new word enters into the story, the word hope. And, and, and do, you, do you remember the, the biblical definition of faith? Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is confidence in what we what? What we hope for. And so for this woman who's anxious, who's worried, who's living in just this difficult life, who thought she had nothing at all, now with one word, everything begins to turn around. With one person who speaks a word of hope into her life. Someone who could actually bring something out of nothing because of his faith in God's faithfulness. Is there anyone here today who would say, I'm, just, I'm in a season of nothing right now? You just feel like, you feel like I, don't, I don't have anything to offer. I've got nothing left, whether it's emotionally or relationally, financially, whatever it might be. I just, I, I just want to encourage you today. I, I, I want to offer you a, a bit of hope If you're feeling, I've got nothing, I've got no hope, I've got no future, let let me encourage you because I think, I believe when I read God's word, God can do some pretty spectacular things with nothing except. Let me give you some examples. Around 1500 B.C., God has set the people of Israel free from, from slavery in Egypt. And so they're traveling across the desert and they start complaining that they didn't have any food. Right? They, they said, we, we would rather, actually, we would rather go back to Egypt and back to slavery because we, at least we had a guaranteed meal there. And so they thought, hey, we've got nothing except what it says in Exodus 16, 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. You know, God does spectacular things with nothing except bread from heaven. And a few years later, they're still wandering in that desert, and, and they're still complaining. And, and this time, it's about they had no water. You know, we, we, read, we sang the, you know, what was that song? Uh, Honey in the rock, water in the stone, stone right? Okay. It's referring to this, right? And, and so they had no hope of even having any water. And God says to Moses in Numbers 20, verse 8, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out water. 
God can do spectacular things with nothing except bringing water from a rock. And, and, and let me go, let's just keep on going. Like God's faithfulness, it's, it's seen from cover to cover in the Bible. So approximately 500 years before this even played out, there was a man named Abraham and his wife Sarah. And they tried to conceive, and they tried, and they tried. They just could not have a baby. Sarah's womb was, was barren. It was empty. And I know she, she had to have felt like she was nothing. But God comes on the scene. And he says, Abraham, you're going to have a son. You're actually going to be a father of a nation. And it's, it describes the scene. It says that, that Abraham laughed so hard he fell on the floor. When was the last time you laughed so hard you fell on the floor? He's like, I'm, I'm going to be 100 years old. My, my wife Sarah is going to be 90 and give birth to a son. Are you kidding me? He laughs his, laughs his head off. You know, just, God can do spectacular things with nothing except. You know, someone who, who had just enough faith to believe that God could do a miracle. And seriously, this was not even the last time that God would bring life out of a, a barren womb. Six more times it's described that God did that. And then what, what about Mary? Right? She would bear a son who would eventually die on a cross and be placed in a tomb. And then three days later, that, that dead body would breathe again, fulfilling every promise that God made because of his faithfulness. So think about this. Think, think about the whole council of Scripture. I mean, food raining down from the sky, water pouring out of rocks, children from empty wombs, a Savior from an empty tomb. God does spectacular things with nothing except. So do you find yourself in that place of nothing today? I'm telling you, you, you have an except somewhere. Maybe, maybe you can't see it right now, but it's there. Where, where we may not see anything, God sees something. And so, so let's just continue reading from, from 2 Kings chapter 4. And just this, a, a key piece in this widow's story. So back to verse 2. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And, and I love how Elisha responds to her. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. And to me, this is, this is the measure of faith right here. This is when we find out if someone actually has faith, right? Because remember what, what I asked you at the very beginning. Do you really have faith? For that widow, someone would have asked her before she talked to Elisha, she probably would have thought, yeah, I've got faith. I mean, my husband, he was a prophet of God. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, an I'm an Israelite. I'm from the family of God. Of course I have faith. But does she? Does she have real faith? Whenever she comes to Elisha, and Elisha says, I want you to go and I want you to ask your neighbors. This is like, in essence, he's saying, let's, let's put that faith into action. Let's put it into practice. I want you to go and I want you to collect all the jars that you can. So, so think about this. I mean, up to this point, this, this woman, she, she has really, she has no idea what, what, what's going on. I mean, she's like, the only asset I have, and I'm not even sure that it's an asset, is this very small jar of, of olive oil, right? And, and like, I'm just, I don't know. But, but as she's talking to Elisha, I'm, I'm thinking, maybe she's starting to put two and two together. Maybe she's starting to connect the dots here. 
Maybe she's starting to think, okay, maybe this guy is going to do some kind of miracle to, to bring something out of nothing, like God brought manna from heaven and water from a rock. Maybe, maybe God will do that for me through his prophet, Elisha. And I don't know whether or not she's connecting the dots, but, but really, I think she has one responsibility in all of this. She, she's supposed to, to go and, and gather all the jars that she could from her neighbor's. And I think I mean, we, we could talk about that because I think that's the second place where she goes and she asks for help. But, but I want to keep on going here. See, I, I don't know if, it, if it's the sons that brought the, the jars or if it was her neighbors who brought the jars that day, but, but lots of empty jars, tons and tons of empty jars were brought into her home that day. Look at verses five and six. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And the oil stopped flowing. Hey, are, can, can you start connecting the dots here? And so the jars that she was asked to, to collect were really a, a, a measure of her faith. And, and I think Elijah did that very intentionally. Because I, I think it would have been very tempting for her to, you know, just kind of like, I'm not going to do this. Right? I mean, just think, play this out from her perspective. Like, this could be very humiliating. Like, you mean that I have to go door to door and I have to knock on my neighbors and be like, hey, I've got this tremendous debt. My husband has died. I'm going to sell my kids in for slavery. Do you, do you have some jars that I could have? Right? And, and, and like, that's, I think that's what we do. We start making excuses for, for why we're not going to step out in faith. Well, well, why can't God act in a different way than this? You know, because I, I think this, this woman had faith. She, she went out and she started collecting these jars. And, 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 you know, like it was the blessing that God was going to pour into her life was going to be based on how many jars she brought into her house. Are you, you with me? Like if she would have just gone next door, like, hey, I, I, I know Susie next door. She, she'll be gracious towards me. She's got two or three extra jars. I'll just go get two or three and bring them home because that's safe. That's comfortable for me. It would have been very easy to, for her to be like, come on, Elisha. I mean, God is almighty. Can't he just drop a bag of cash on my front door? Or better yet, can't you just strike my creditor with lightning and kill him? Because isn't that what we do? Like we're like, God, come on. You do all the work. You, you let me win the lottery. You do something miraculous in this that has nothing to do with me where I don't have to get my hands dirty. I don't have to step out in faith. I don't have to do anything that, that takes me out of my comfort zone. You, you do everything, God. And I'll just sit back and watch. I don't think that's faith. That's not how God works. And he, he invites the, this widow to participate, even if it's in a, in a small way. Why? To demonstrate her faith, to demonstrate her confidence in what she hoped for, to demonstrate that she had assurance that God would do something that she couldn't see yet. That's what faith is. See, faith is a, a relationship with God. Faith, faith is action. Faith is something that we must participate in, not watch from the sidelines. So we may sing about faith and, and we may pray about our faith, but do we actually demonstrate our faith in our everyday, ordinary lives? You know, throughout this series, we've been 
showing videos of, of different people from our campuses of just how they have seen God's faithfulness in their lives. And so today, we're going to hear from a woman named Jana who goes to our, our Mount Pleasant Scottsdale campus and just get to hear her story of how she experienced God's faithfulness. So watch this video. In 2016, I had a stroke. It totally threw me for a loop. It threw our family into, into craziness. We had no idea what was going on. But through that, I was having a little trouble with my job. It almost felt like I was being pushed out. And I would cry every night. I would, I would come out, I would cry on my back porch. Why did you keep me alive? Do you even still love me? Are you there? And it's so funny when you ask those questions because all the time he was showing me, I'm still here, showing me through ways he provided money financially. He provided um, people to help with Hannah and he brought me out of that job into a new job. He promoted my husband and he really did an amazing work. So his faithfulness just was immeasurable. I couldn't believe how he, he brought me through that. It made me realize that my relationship with him is not just the Happy Mountaintop experiences, it's the valleys. And he was the only one big enough that I could yell those things to. He was the only one big enough to be able to handle them. So what he did for me was not just say, okay, you're done, I can't use you anymore. What he did was bring me closer to him and say, this is where I want you. So let's get you on this path. Often wonder if it wasn't for my daughter, for Hannah. She is a wonderful Christian girl. And I think he's got a plan for her and he needed somebody to help speak truth into her. I'm glad that he gave her to me and lets me be her mom. And that maybe this was a way for me to testify to her, but also for her to see God's faithfulness through everything that she could use in her life also. I think because of God's faithfulness through that time, he did bring me into the deeper relationship. He did bring me further. So that was, I was 39 and I laughed with Hannah and I said, it took me 39 years to get a lot of this. But it, it taught me so much that I, I'm hoping that I'm a better Christian for it. I'm a better human for it. I'm living out Christ's love. It just gave me a story that I could share and that I could speak into others and say, God is here. He loves us and he will not let us go even through the hard times. So Jana, she experienced a a faith-shaking stroke in 2016. And she, she questioned, she wondered, and she cried out to God. She spent many a night on her back porch crying. Felt like she had nothing. I don't know if you noticed the, the picture of their, their family that is built on faith. And she, she made a decision she was going to trust God and his faithfulness to her. And it, is, it's, it has impacted her life, it has impacted her family's life, her, her daughter's life. Last Sunday, she and her, her daughter joined our church. She got to meet them for the first time. And I thought, wow, how appropriate that we're sharing her story today. You know, I, I think every one of us at different times and in different ways, we, we go through moments and seasons where you know, our faith is, is, is shaken. Like, what, what am I going to do? I've got, I've got nothing. What's God going to do? 
So you, you got your pencil and your, your little note card there. So I, I want to ask you the, the same question that Elijah asked that widow. What do you have? You know, so many of us would just say, well, nothing, really. I mean, I don't, I don't have time to serve, right? I, I don't have money to give. I, I don't have the biblical knowledge to lead a small group. I, I don't have the expertise to go on a mission trip. I, I, I've got nothing. Well, I, I want to just challenge you today to, to add the word accept. And adding that word, like, I have nothing except, it really, it opens the door for God's faithfulness to come rushing in and to bear a fruit that right now you may not be able to see it, but it's there. You know, after filling all the jars, it says this in verse 7. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. God took, I, I have nothing except, and, and it made it enough, like paid off all of that debt, which must have been pretty significant, but, but think about what's left over, enough for her and her two sons to live off for the rest of her life. Too often, I think we can only see the problem, and we can't see the exception. So, so here's, here's how I want us to wrap up today. So in just a minute, we're going to close in prayer. But, but I, I want you to think about a, a way in which you can practically step out in faith to, to demonstrate your, your confidence in what you hope for, your assurance about what you can't see right now. So what I want to, want to invite you to do on that paper is to write down what your next right step is. And so maybe, maybe you're here for worship most Sundays, but, but you aren't serving anywhere in our church. And so maybe for you, you, you know, you're like, hey, I, I don't have time, right? Except you do. We all have time for what we make time for, for what's important to us. And so maybe you'll write on that piece of paper, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rearrange my schedule so I can start serving in my church. Or maybe right now you're not giving to the work of God at our church. And you think, I, I don't have enough that, that I can give, you know, except, you know, actually, I've never really reorganized my, my finances around my relationship with Jesus. And so maybe what you're going to write on that piece of paper is, I, I'm going to start giving joyfully and faithfully to the work of God at my church. Or maybe you're not, just not, you're not spending time with, with God at the, the beginning of the day. You know, we, we said at the beginning, his mercies are, are new every morning. But you're pushing back, you're like, well, Chris, I don't like to get up early, right? I don't, I don't have time. Except you do. And, and you can. You know, e even starting maybe even the, the first 10 minutes of your day alone with God. It can, it can make a huge difference in the rest of your day. And so for maybe for you, it's, it's writing on that piece of paper, start spending the first 10 minutes of my day with God. Maybe for you it's something else. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying something that, that you just you need to just, you know. Maybe it's something you've been pushing off and you've been making excuses and it just, it challenges you too much. It takes you too far out of your comfort zone and today's the day you got to write it down. Whatever it is, I just, I, I want to give you that opportunity to just, to write that down, to, to just your faithful response to God's faithfulness in your life. So then I'm going to pray in just a minute and give us all a chance just 
to, to write down what it is, and, and we're going to stand, we're going to sing, and, uh, and as we're singing this, this last song, I, I want to invite you to bring your paper, your card, and put it up on the stage. This is an act of faith, right, and just to lay it here, it's kind of like, it's just, I'm offering this to God. And my commitment to you is that every card that is laid up here, I promise, I, I will pray over every single card that you bring up today. And this is just a, an act of us demonstrating our faith. Remember Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. Let's pray. Almighty God, we are just, we're overwhelmed, God, by the faith of this widow who had every excuse and every reason not to have faith, not to believe. She did. She had a really small exception. It was enough. Actually more than enough for you to do what only you can do, God. You provided for her. God, I know so many of us, we we, we can always see the problem. God, too often we, we, we blame you for those problems. God, we're sorry. We've come to this moment, God, where, where we can say, okay, I do have an exception because I have Jesus. I just want to give you a, a minute right now to just go ahead and whatever it is the Holy Spirit is pressing upon your heart to, to write down as, as your next right step. Demonstrate your faith. Go ahead and write that down now. I believe you're at work in, in people's hearts and lives right now. God, I'm so thankful that Aubrey said yes to stepping out in faith and applying for the job over at Jeanette and for her to move into what's next for her and for her family. God, I, I pray that every one of us would be found faithful today. That every one of us would listen to you, take a risk, write down and bring before you the next right step in our faith journey. Father, we love you and we praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. All God's people said,